everybody. Happy holidays. Happy December. Merry Christmas. I don't know why I said happy holidays. Merry Christmas. We are celebrating the birth of Jesus and preparing for that wonderful holiday. I'm Vita Cash, the co-pastor of Flow Church and the director of women's ministry. And this is the Study Applied Thrive podcast. I'm so happy to be with you on today. Listen, the word that you're about to hear is going to help you thrive in every single area of life. We call it Study Applied Thrive because when you study the word of God, and apply the word of God, it will cause you to thrive. So I want you to grab a Bible and it can be paper Bible or electronic. Grab something to write with. A pretty journal always works and it's totally optional, but I still recommend it. Get a cup of tea. I am drinking chocolate mint tea and it's absolutely delicious. And let's get ready to dive into the word of God. Open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter three. Today, we're going to talk about on our Study Applied Thrive podcast, the importance of rest. And I know for some ladies, especially if you are a mom and you also work and you also serve in ministry and you're a part of any social organization or any clubs and you have family and you have friends, rest or the concept of rest may sound like a four-letter word. And it is a four-letter word, but you know the kind of four-letter words I'm talking about because we've been conditioned that In order to be a good woman of faith, we need to always be busy. And busyness means that we're being used of God. And busyness means that we're important. And busyness means a whole bunch of stuff. But really, busy just means you're busy. (laughs) It doesn't mean anything else automatically other than the fact that you're busy. And sometimes we miss an opportunity to hear from God, to be refreshed in his presence, to just restore the utility of our body because we refuse to rest. And so I'm teaching this. I don't know when you're going to listen to it in December, but the lesson that I'm about to share with you, it really applies to any season of your life. And it talks specifically about when you're coming to the end of a season. If you are a part of the faith community, and if you're listening to this, you probably are. It's very popular that when we get to Thanksgiving or sometimes the end of October, we skip over November altogether or skip over December, definitely. And we're already projecting and planning for uh, January. And so we just kind of breeze through the end of the of the end of the season or the end of the year and don't give ourselves an opportunity to rest in the promises that God has made for us for this season, meaning the end of the year. And this could be the end of the calendar year or the end of the fiscal year or the end of the school year or the end of a pregnancy or the end of a career. You know, any kind of season that you may have in your life. We have a tendency to want to race past the end, but the Bible talks about those who are willing to endure to the end and that there is a special blessing and there's a promise that comes when we're waiting, when we're, when we are able (laughs) to endure to the end. And so I don't want you to race through December thinking, oh, I can't wait to 2020 and you've already made up slogans for 2020 is going to be the year of 2020 vision and the year of that and the year of that. And I'm not mocking those particular things, especially if that's what God has said to you. But whatever God said to you at the beginning of 2019 still applies in December of 2019, that it's not God's desire for us to jump over complete seasons because there is something that he wants to do for each and every one of us in those seasons and believe it or not. And of course you believe it because you are a believer 
Rest is an important part of how we receive from God. And you don't want to miss God because you refuse to rest. So here in Hebrews chapter three, verse 14, it says, for we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end. It says until the end, not until the almost end, but until the end. And then it's about to go into talking about the children of Israel and how when they escaped Egypt and they were in the wilderness, that when they first got into the wilderness, they were very excited. Like, yeah, God delivered us. We're no longer slaves. Things are going to be so great in the promised land. And that was about two weeks in. And then somewhere between the day that they got into the wilderness and the 40 years it took them to get out, they disconnected from the faith that God had given them. They they disconnected from the promise that God had given. They forgot. Got what God has said to them, and they just began to go through a rote routine of get up, do you know, do whatever uh, chores or whatever activities or whatever things that they did every day. And they got so busy doing life that they forgot to daily connect with the promises that God has given them. And so, well, I should say had given them because we're talking past tense. And so, how many of you, when it comes to December, you're so busy? planning out a Christmas menu and doing a Christmas list and shopping or convincing yourself why you shouldn't give gifts. And as a believer, you should be a giver. The Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Will men give unto your bosom with the same measure that you give out as the same measure is brought back to you. That's not even this lesson. But if you are a believer, you should be a giver. And there's no dollar amount on what you should be giving. You could be giving of your time. You could be writing a letter to give of yourself through your words. You could be giving monetary gifts or tangible gifts. But as a believer, you should be a giver. And just because the world has commercialized um, Christmas by making it all about gifts, that doesn't preclude you from the opportunity and the requirement as a believer to give. The Bible says in John three sixteen that God so loved the world that he did what? He gave Jesus. And then when Jesus was ascending on high in Ephesians 4, he gave gifts unto men. And then he gave us the gift of Holy Spirit. And then he gave us the fruit of the Spirit. And he gave us the gifts of the Spirit. The God that we serve, the God that we're made in his image and in his likeness designed us to be givers. And so So that's a side note for a whole nother podcast. I might do a podcast just on giving. But as you're doing your shopping list and you're doing your shopping and you're preparing your menus and you're wrapping gifts and you're writing your vision for next year and you're doing your vision board and you're planning and you're purging your closets and you're preparing for new stuff. I don't want you to disconnect from the excitement that you had about this year back in January. And I want you to take a look at that vision, pull it out. You should have it written down somewhere. Has God finished everything that he said he was going to do in you? And if your answer is no, if that list of things that God promised you, if the vision isn't totally complete, you still have time this year to accomplish some things. Don't disqualify the last three weeks of this year just because it's only three weeks. It only took God seven days to create the earth. It only took him and it really only took six because he rested on that seventh day. And even though there was some work left to be done in us after he completed the earth, it's still, he did it in six days. And so don't disqualify the amount of time. I want you to hold on to your faith till the very end. 2019 isn't over until December 31st, 1159, 2019. Your pregnancy isn't over until you deliver. Your school year isn't over until you've completed that final assignment and turned it in. You're not finished 
finish at your career or your current place of employment until the day you turn in your badge and turn in your keys and, you know, whatever you have to do and literally walk off the premises. So don't disqualify what God may want to do in the final days of this particular season in your life. And so that's what was happening here in Hebrews 3, they were talking about what was happening in Exodus. So then when we move into chapter 4 of Hebrews, it says, let us therefore fear, least a promise being left un- left of us entering into his rest, any of you should any of you should seem to come short of it. So in verse uh, chapter four or verse one is saying, look, let us have some fear or some holy reverence that there is a problem, not all promises, but a promise that we might be possibly leaving unopened one promise that we may not be fully using. And that is entering into the rest of God that we might come short of entering into the rest of God. And so what does the rest of God have to do with holding on to our faith? And what the connection is, is that God has the ability to renew your faith, renew your resilience, renew uh, your attitude, heal your body, heal your emotions, uh, sharpen the vision that you have for your week and for your day during your periods of rest. And so when you neglect time to rest, then you are actually uh, limiting the ability for God to work through you because it's very difficult for you to get things done well when you're exhausted. And I know you think you're a superhero. Oh no, I do my best work when I'm tired. Sometimes you do work good when you're tired because you don't have an option. But is it possible that if you had started a week earlier or if you had gotten a good night's sleep the day before, that there are some witty ideas and some things that Holy Spirit may want to speak to you to give you a new way of doing something? And the way that you did it was sufficient. It may have gotten the job done. But is that really how God wanted you to do it? And you don't know because you didn't take the time to rest or that God can speak to you, speak through you and use you in a way that will help bring the vision that he gave you at the beginning of the year to pass now at the end of the year. And so in verse two, it says, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. And so here we're tying back into chapter three, verse 14, talking about holding on to something until the very end. And so what the writer is saying is that from the very beginning to the very end, we have to be willing to hold on to our faith and mix faith with what we heard. So he's saying here in verse two of chapter four, that the gospel was preached to two groups of people. We were all in the same room together and we could divide the room in half and half the people heard the word and mix it with faith. And the other people heard the word and did nothing with it. And so the people who did not mix the word with faith, they didn't get the profit of being able to rest because faith gives you the ability to rest because you know God's going to take care of something. You're not worried about how you're going to get something accomplished because you know that through the power of God that God's going to provide for you. You know that, you know, God will never leave you without. You know that God will heal you. You know that God will deliver you. You know that God will sanctify you. God reminds you of all of those things during your time of rest. Now let's think about Jesus for a second. Jesus never sinned, never made a mistake, 
never told a lie, never cheated, never did any of the things that we do, but we often see him taking moments of rest where he steps away from the crowd. He steps away from the disciples. He goes on fast. He goes into the garden by himself. He rises up and goes in and prays by himself. He goes into these moments where it's just him and God. And so rest is not just about taking a nap and you know, naps are nice sometimes, especially Sunday after church, but another podcast for another time. But rest here means just taking a moment to step away from the busyness of our assignment to just have a moment of quiet. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're praying. It doesn't mean that you're reading the word. It doesn't mean that you're sleeping. It doesn't mean that you're taking a bubble bath. It just means that you're taking a moment to be quiet so that God can recharge you so that you can hear God's voice so that you can just step away and have a moment where you're saying, God, I'm available to hear from you. But if you're always busy, like if you wake up at five o'clock in the morning and the first thing you do is pray and then you confess and you get in the shower, then you do your makeup, then you do your hair and you cook breakfast and you pack lunch, you wake up the kids, you put them in the car, you drive, you drop them off at school, you go to grocery store, you go return something to the store, you go to the cleaners. Oh, I have to go back and get this from another store. Or let me call my girlfriend. She needed prayer. Or let me do this. Or let me read a chapter of my book. Let me do this. Or let me catch up on my show. Let me jump on social media. Like, oh, look at the time. It's time for lunch. Let me make lunch. Let me do this. Let me do that. Oh, it's time to go get the kids. I'm going to get the kids. Let me come back. Let me cook dinner. Let me do a, throw a load of clothes in the wash machine. Let me do this. Oh, let me dust the floor. Let me do this. Let me, let me clean up. Let me fold up some clothes. Let me check some emails. I need to pay some bills and do this, do that. Oh, look at, oh my goodness. It's 10 o'clock. Let me take a shower. It's time to go to bed. We haven't allowed any time in that busy day to just sit before the Lord. Now, we'll be able to check off a lot of boxes and say, oh, yeah, I got a lot of accomplished. I was productive today, but we still can't trade productivity for resting in God's presence because we have to be willing to mix faith with the word that we have, with the word that we have heard. And a part of that is the promise of entering into God's rest. And rest is not the end. Rest is a means to the end because when you have periods of rest, again, it allows you to refresh your body, to refresh your mind, to restore your emotions and your temperament. Now think about any two-year-old that you know, and it might, it might be your two-year-old and you're, you're 17, you, you might have a 17-year-old and you have to think back to when that 17-year-old was two, or you may have a niece or a nephew or an adorable little baby at your church or anything, but just think about a two-year-old that you know. And you know that two that two year old is dry, meaning they don't have a dirty or wet diaper. The two year old is fed. They had a snack or they had lunch or whatever, but that two-year-old is still cranky and disagreeable and not patient and not kind and not loving and all the fruits of the spirit. And you think, what is wrong with this child? Oh, I know. This child needs a rest. This child needs a nap. And so there's a change in the child's temperament even though all their other needs are met, but because they need a moment of rest, they're not able to be their social best. That doesn't go away because you become an adult or rather when you become an adult. If you have all your other needs met, you're not hungry, you have clothes, you have a place to live, you have a bed to lay in, you have a car to get you back and forth, you have loved ones, you have a church home, you may have all your other needs met, but when you don't have the proper amount of rest, you are unable, 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 unable <laughs> to be your social best. And so there are opportunities that you may be missing because you're cranky. And it's not really that you're cranky. It's because you're tired. 
Are there people who don't want to work with you because they think that you're honoring and really you're not honoring, you just need a nap? Are there business opportunities that are passing you by because you're always rushed and you never exhibit patience and you're not kind and you're not loving all things that are almost impossible to do when you're exhausted? And so they're saying, no, she's not the one. We can't use her business. We can't use her her expertise because she's always in a rush or because she's always exhausted or because she's always late because you don't have periods of rest in your life. And so there's a promise of rest that God literally gives us a promise of rest. And then he warns us that if we don't mix the word with faith, that there's an opportunity for us to miss that particular promise because we haven't seen rest as something to obtain through faith. So by faith, you have to make a decision that I'm going to have times of rest and that if I rest, the world will not crumble around me. That if I rest, my children will not starve. If I rest, my husband will not, you know, be able to find, he will be able to find his keys. If I rest, the church will not collapse. Even though I serve in ministry, there are other people in ministry who can assist who can assist with what I do. If I rest, the place of my employment will not go bankrupt. If I rest, the world will not turn upside down. God has not put the weight of the world on your shoulders. He has not put the weight of the health of your family on your shoulders. He has not put the weight of your social organizations or your community on your shoulders. And so you have a responsibility so that you can be restored in the presence of God. So to rest so that you can finish the year out strong. So I want you to take out a piece of paper, pull out your journal, and I want you just for a minute to write down all the things that you thought you needed to do during this Christmas season. Shop, wrap gifts, menu plan, the invitations for people coming to your home or the invitations you need to respond to, to things that you've been invited to, uh, clean your house, I already said shopping, um, Christmas carols, bake cookies, make pies, watch Hallmark movies. I'm going to always put in a plug for my Hallmark movies. Watch Hallmark movies, all the things you need to do, return phone calls, go out to lunch with girlfriends. Okay. Do you have anything on that list about you resting and spending time with God? Now, I'm not talking about Sunday morning when you go to church and you should be in church every Sunday morning because you don't want to miss any opportunity for God to speak to you. You don't want to miss any any opportunity to be a good sister in Christ, to be there for your sisters who need you. The Bible says that iron sharpens iron. Some Sundays you're going to sharpen your sister and other Sundays she's going to sharpen you. The Bible says that those who love God gather together often in his name. So you need to be there to hear the word, but that's not your rest time. Your, your time of going to church is not your rest time. Do you have scheduled times of rest for every single, not even once a week, but every single day? Are you able to rest so that you can have a chance to reassess, is God finished with me for this year? Does God want me to do anything else this year? I don't want to skate past December. I don't want to skate past this last semester. I don't want to skate past the last uh, month of my pregnancy. I don't want to skate past this season before my child graduates and goes off to college. I want to be sure that I'm present every single moment. And going back to Hebrews 3, 
and 14 that I'm holding from the be- I'm holding on to confidence steadfast until the end. The same passion that I had about what God said to me in January, I still have that same passion now. The same excitement I had about the vision in January, I still have that same excitement now. The same zeal I had about what God said to me, I still have that same zeal now. And then I'm going to take it a step further. Even when December 31st comes, I'm not going to just drop that excitement and look for something new. I'm going to hold on to what God said to me until I see it, not until the calendar changes. That the calendar change does not override the promises that God gave me in my life. And even though I thought that it was going to only take 12 months to accomplish with God what he was saying to me, I now realize it might take 18 months or it might take 24 months. But no matter how long it takes, I'm going to hold fast, be steadfast until the end. And I'm going to have the same level of passion, the same level of zeal, the same level of commitment, the same display measure of faith now that I had then because I trust God. And I'm not tired. I'm not tired of working on this goal. I'm not tired of looking after this vision. I'm not tired of nurturing this gift. I'm not tired of building my expertise. I'm not tired because I take the time to rest because I understand that rest helps fuel the vision for my life. Rest helps fuel my faith. Rest is so important that it's something that I have to do. Rest is an opportunity for me to spend time with God. So now here's a question. Ask yourself, am I holding on to my faith as passionately today as I was yesterday? And that's a question I want you to ask yourself every single day. When you get up in the morning, by midday, at the end of the day, am I as passionate today as I was yesterday about what God said to me? And if you feel like your passion is leaving, if you feel like your passion is getting thin, I want you to take a moment to rest. Because you need to get back into the presence of God so that you can be reminded of what he said to you. Go into his presence with your journal. Go into his presence with your vision board. Go into his presence with your notes from Sunday sermons and say, God, this is what you said to me on June 23rd. This is what you said to me on February 13th. This is what you said to me on September 9th. And God is the coming to the end in the It's coming to the end of the year. And God, I haven't seen this manifest in my life yet. I'm going to sit here in your presence until you give me further instruction because I'm not going to let go of what you said to me. I still believe I'm going to continue to mix word with faith. I'm going to continue to mix the gospel with faith. I'm going to continue to mix everything that you said to me with faith. Faith being I'm going to keep believing and I'm going to keep applying the same level of action as I was at the beginning of the year. I'm not going to slack off. I'm not going to slow down because the calendar says I should or because the demands of Christmas gives me permission to let go. No, it's time to hold on like never before. Keep going after everything that God said you could go after because that's what's going to allow you to endure to the end. And that's what's going to allow you to come into the promised land that God gave you. Remember the children of Israel, they didn't all make it into the promised land because somewhere between the beginning of the journey and the end of the journey, they let go of their faith. They stopped resting in God. They stopped believing God. They stopped allowing God to nurture them and feed them daily to remind them of what God 
had said, and that's not who you are, woman of God. You are not that woman. You are not so busy that you don't have time to connect with God every single day so that you can labor to enter into the rest and you can labor to hold steadfast to everything that God has said to you until the end. And the end for you is not December 31st. The end is when it's done. I don't care if you um, had a baby overdue. All my both all my babies came early, so I don't know what it's like to be overdue. But just because your due date was uh, October fifteenth, if the baby doesn't come on October fifteenth, you don't say, "Oh well, that's okay, never mind." No, you remain pregnant and you keep confessing over that unborn baby. You keep eating the right foods. You keep taking prenatal vitamins. You keep doing everything you were doing until the baby delivers. You don't stop because some man told you or some woman talking about your obstetrician that the baby was coming on this day. If the baby doesn't come on that day, you don't all of a sudden decide that you're not pregnant anymore or you're not going to be a mom anymore or it's not going to happen for you anymore. You wait until that baby comes and you wait until that baby comes. And when that baby comes, if for some reason the baby comes and has to go to the NICU, you don't go home and say, oh, well, you know, it didn't happen. No, you keep confessing it. You keep nurturing that baby. You keep being a mom until that baby is home with you in your arms. You don't just abandon it because the timeline didn't quite work out. So that's the same level of passion you want to have with everything that God said to you from the beginning of the year about this year. And you want to give yourself time to rest so that you can be restored in God's presence so that he can remind you of his goodness. He can remind you that he's omniscient, omniscient. I'm sorry, guys, omniscient, (laughs) that he is all powerful, that he is Jehovah Jireh, that he is Jehovah Shalom and all the things that he is. You want to be reminded of that. And so you don't want to be so exhausted and so overworked that you can't even hear from God. Now, a couple years ago, and by a couple years ago, I mean, probably 10 or maybe even 15 years ago, this is before my baby girl was born, I did a 60-mile walk for breast cancer. It was the Susan uh, G. Komen 60-mile walk. And literally, I walked 60 miles. And actually, I didn't walk the whole 60. I probably walked 50 of the miles because one day I didn't rest. And but I'll tell you a story, it's going to make sense to you. So during that walk, you are required by the organization to every two to three miles, they have a rest stop set up and they want you to rest every single time. And you would think, well, I just want to get it done. I'm going to keep going. But they want you to rest because at every rest stop, there's an opportunity for you to sit down, an opportunity for you to drink water or Gatorade, and they give you some kind of carbohydrate to replenish your body to give you energy to walk. And so every two or three miles, there's a rest stop for you to come and do this. And they, you have a badge and they scan your badge in so they can keep record of who's resting and who's not resting because they want to know, okay, this person hasn't rested for five rest stops. Let's be sure we have the paramedics because that person is not going to be good when they get to the end of this race. So one day, it's a three day, it's over three days. So on the second day, I've slept good that night, had a whole bunch of spaghetti for dinner the night before. And I was like, I have all these carbs. I have all this energy. I drink all this Gatorade. I'm, I'm on it. I'm ready. So we got up in the morning and I'm up walking. My pace is good. I get to the first rest stop. I said, okay, I'll stop here. Stop there. Got some water, got some pretzels or whatever it was. It was 15 years ago, 10 years ago, whatever. I don't remember exactly what I had. But then I get to the next rest stop. I said, no, I'm good. I'm going to keep going. Got to the third rest stop. No, I'm good. I'm going to keep going. Got to the fourth rest stop. 
I had to stop because my badge had been flagged. So I stopped real quick, just took a sip of water just to patronize these people because I don't need this. By the time I got to the fifth rest stop, I could go on no longer because I didn't take the opportunity to rest and pace myself. I felt like if I just kept going, I could get through it quicker because I wanted to get back to the camp because at the camp they had massage tents set up and they had jazz music set up and they had snacks and entertainment and games and I wanted to get back to the camp so that I could enjoy all of the amenities. But the amenities was not why I signed up for the race. It's not why I signed up to do the 60 mile walk. I signed up so that I could support and raise money for women with breast cancer and so that I could push myself to walk the 60 miles. There was never, a, when I was doing my, to, my pros and cons list of why I was going to do the race, getting back to the camp to listen to music and to play games and to get a massage was never a part of why I was doing what I was doing. But I allowed something that was not a part of my focus and not a part of my motive to deter me from doing things properly from keeping the right pace and to having times of rest. Why am I going through all that? Because I think that many of you have experienced that in your life. God has given you a goal to do something and then he's given you instruction on how to do it. But we feel the need to accelerate God's timeline or to accelerate God's process because God's time, God doesn't always give us a timeline, but he does always give us a process. We want to accelerate his process because we feel like we could do it quicker or better or we can compete with someone else. And we allow things that were never a part of the plan to destroy distract us from what we were really there to do. And then we get exhausted and burnt out and end up abandoning a whole, it was just a day for me, but it could be abandoning a whole two months or abandoning a whole quarter of working on this particular goal because I got burned out by being distracted by things that were never important to the process to begin with. You don't want to do that. Periods of rest give you an opportunity to remind yourself why you are doing it. Because at all of those rest stops, there was videos playing and audio playing of this is why we're doing this. It was testimonials of women who had been healed from breast cancer or testimonials of family members who had gotten their mom back or their aunt back from chemo and things like that. And had I taken the time to go to every single rest stop, I would have been able to be reminded of why I was doing the race to begin to begin with. And I would have been able to hold on to my faith to the end. I would have been able to hold on with steadfastness to the confidence I had when I begun the race, but I didn't do that. I allowed myself to be distracted. So what is distracting you right now from finishing this season until the end of holding on to your confidence, the same confidence that you had when God gave you the promise, the same confidence you had when God showed you that vision or the same confidence you had when at the very beginning, is there anything distracting you from doing that? And if it is, I want to challenge you to let those things go. Because they were not a part of your original plan. They were not a part of your original process. And more than likely, those distractions will be there when you're done. You can go back and circle around after you've gotten the victory and after you've won the race and after you've achieved your goal. You can go back later and circle around and get what you wanted to get. It's not going anywhere. If God gave you a process on how to save money to buy a house and you want to save $20,000 for your down payment or $10,000 for your down payment or five. 
for your $5,000 for your down payment, don't be distracted because there's a sale at your favorite store. Because guess what? That store is going to have a sale later and it'll be a much nicer to bring that shopping bag home to your new house than to take it to the house that you're currently believing to get out of. And that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with your current house. It's just that God has given you a plan to get out. Don't get distracted by the sale. Don't get distracted by the invitation to go on vacation with your girlfriends. Yeah, you might want a girl's trip, but if a girl's trip doesn't fit your budget right now because you're believing God to buy a home or get a new car or just save money for your legacy that you want to leave to your children or your or your nieces or nephews or whatever. Don't be distracted by something that was never a part of your plan because that's what it is. The enemy can distract you from getting to your goals. And if you if he knows that he can distract you and exhaust you at the same time, you're not going to get where you need to get. And then you just are not able to give God as much glory because you want to glorify God that, look, I stayed the course. I was steadfast. I was able to get there. So we're in December. And again, you might be listening to this in the spring. And so it might be the end of the semester for you. It might be the end of a pregnancy or the end of the current place where you're employed or the end of a relationship or whatever. Don't discount the end. I want you to stay in the race. I want you to stay consistent and I want you to give yourself daily moments of rest for you to reconnect with God and ask God, why am I doing this again? Because there are going to be things that you do in your life that you're so excited and midway through you're like, why did I sign up for this class again? Why did I agree to do this? Why am I doing this? And when you ask God, why God am I doing this? He will remind you of the glory that's going to be revealed through you. He's going to remind you of the souls are going to be saved because you stayed the course. He's going to remind you of how your health is going to be improved. He's going to remind you of how your marriage and your family is going to be stronger. He's going to remind you. But absent of those moments of rest, you won't have an opportunity to hear God's voice, to feel his comfort, to feel his presence and his peace because you're too exhausted. Now, real quick, let me give you some examples of rest. As I know you you may, well, I'm not going to tell you what you're thinking. You might possibly be, be thinking that you need to build a rest room in your house or you need a she shed or you need to tell your family mommy needs an hour to herself. All those things are nice. If you have the resources and the time for all those things, go for it. That sounds good. I've shared this with you guys a million times and I will keep sharing it with you. My rest place is my closet. It's not like a special closet. It's the closet in my bedroom. I go in my closet and I close the closet door and I have my journal in there. I have a Bible in there. I have pillows on the floor. I stretch out on the floor. I read in there. I drink tea in there. That's my place of rest. I go in my closet. Now, my house is not tiny, but that is the place that I have picked as my place of rest, um, mostly because my children will not take the energy to come find me in there. They'll look in the kitchen, they'll look in the family room, they'll look in the living room and say, she's busy. She, they're not going to come up the steps, walk through my bedroom. Another story for another time. <laughs> That's my place of rest. But I also find rest in my car. There have been times that I have a big, a busy to-do list and I'll say, before I go in Target, I'm going to just sit in the car for 20 minutes and just be at rest. I may listen to music. I may lie. I may listen to word. I may not. I may just sit there and literally rest, not necessarily praying about anything particular, not necessarily confessing anything specific, but just God, I'm here and I'm resting. And if you have something that you want to say to me in this moment, I am attentive and you have my attention. And God, if there's nothing that you need to say to me right now, I'm just going to be still and rest so that I can be refreshed and renewed before I go into Target. 
I go to bed an hour earlier sometimes when I'm when I'm tired. I know that sounds crazy. Go to bed early? Yeah, go to bed early. It's an hour early. Everybody's fed. Everybody has clothes for tomorrow. Everybody needs that has what they need. Guess what? I'm going to go to bed. And I may not necessarily go to sleep, but I can just go lay in the bed and rest. It doesn't require me to book a first class ticket to go to Arizona to the spa. It doesn't require me to get my girlfriends together for a cruise. It just requires me to take time to rest. I might take an extra long shower just so that I can sit in the shower and rest. I may take a little bit longer um, putting lotion on just so I can sit at my vanity and just rest. You know, so don't think that rest needs to be you laying down with your feet propped up and somebody's fluffing pillows and fanning you and dropping grapes in your mouth. That's not rest. That's pampering. You want to have moments where you're just alone and quiet. And it can be in your cubicle where you just put some earbuds in and just block out everything for not a long time. If you're at work, I'm talking five minutes, do extended time when you're not on somebody else's time, but they're paying you to do something. You want to have a moment where you could just get up and just go somewhere and be by yourself and just have moments of rest. And you might be thinking, what's five minutes going to do? What was 10 minutes going to do? If God talks to you in that five minutes, that five minutes is more valuable to you than you working five hours on a project without God's presence and without God's voice. That five minutes will can make or break your life. One word from God can absolutely change your life. One moment in his presence can absolutely change you. The Bible says that there's fullness of joy in his presence. God can restore your joy in his presence so that you can then hold fast to your confidence and finish the race and hold it to the end so that you can labor to enter into rest, that you would be able to do all the things that God called you to do because you took that moment to rest. I'm not talking about just weekly. Um, We all know that God rested on the seventh day and you should have a day of rest, but I'm talking about daily, just throughout the day, that your day is not jam-packed from five o'clock in the morning to 11 o'clock at night, you have this continuous agenda that does not stop. You need to have moments of rest every single day that you're connecting with God. And it could be that you read his word and then sit quietly just to meditate on it. It could be that you pray and then you sit quietly. It could be just, you just walk into the room and say, okay, God, me and you for 10 minutes, me and you for 30 minutes, and you just sit in his presence and enjoy his presence. But if you do that, I guarantee you that you will be able to accomplish more. You'll be able to achieve your goals and you'll be able to get to the finish line without being exhausted, without being totally depleted of energy and totally depleted of enthusiasm because you're so tired when you get there. Leave you with this one last story. I I love to host things and I'm a hostess and sometimes I I overdo it because I like being the hostess with the Moses's hospitality is one of my my gifts that God has given me. And I love everything hospitality. But I promised myself this year that I wouldn't be such a hostess that I'm exhausted by the end of the preparation period that by the time my guests arrive, I'm too tired to enjoy them or too tired to eat or too tired to play a game. And if it means that I have to cook early and warm food up, or if I have to cook the day before and warm food up, or if I'm still preparing food when people arrive, I promised myself that I would no longer say that hospitality was a gift of mine, but then be too exhausted to enjoy the reward of it and unable to hold on to my confidence because I didn't take time to rest. 
whatever God has given you, whatever dream, whatever gift, whatever vision, um, whatever, whatever God has given you, take time to rest so that you can be restored in the presence of God so that you can hold on to your confidence to the end and you can enjoy everything that God has for you. Well, I pray that the word blessed you. I hope that you are enjoying the Christmas season. Uh, we'll have another podcast before Christmas gets here. We'll probably have two before Christmas gets here. But I just want you to set your, your intentions now that you're not going to be exhausted this season. You're not going to overextend yourself in any way, not with your time, not with your finances, um, not with making promises to people to attend certain events. You're going to enjoy this season because this is a blessed season for us as believers. It's the time that we have assigned to celebrate the birth of Jesus. Jesus was not literally born on December 25th, so we're not going to go into that whole theologic uh argument, but it's the time that we have decided to celebrate Jesus and his birth is so significant to us as believers. You don't want to miss all that God may be trying to pour into you and say to you during the season because you're exhausted doing things for other people. Let's take the time to enjoy the season by having purposeful time of rest every single day. I love you guys. I look forward to seeing you soon. If you're in the D.C. area, please come and worship with us at Flow Church. If you're not in the D.C. area, please come and worship with us at Flow Church by visiting visiting us at uh, flowchurchbuoy.churchonline.org. We love you. If you need us, we are always here for you, and you can reach us uh, online. You can reach us through our app. You can reach, reach us on social media. We are accessible to you. We are a body of believers who are following Christ loving others, and working on ourselves. And we want you to continue doing that. We love you and Pastor Russell loves you. Have a fantastic day and remember to get some rest.